Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and growing that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less. And don't let anybody ever rip you off. Coming up in just a few minutes in today's Clark Rageous Moment, teachers getting ripped off. How upsetting is that? I'll fill you in on what you need to know. And coming up later, there's a new friendly policy for its workers at Walmart. It's part of a trend across retail. I want to fill you in. So I want to explain some stuff that has been confusing of late. The economic numbers currently look really great in the country. In spite of the partial federal shutdown, employment numbers were still good in the most recent reporting period. And there are a number of signs that economic growth continues to be quite positive. So how do you square that with these things? The Federal Reserve, which was on track to raise interest rates that it controls at least two more times this year, now has put them on pause and is waiting and watching before they resume raising interest rates to more normal rates because interest rates have been artificially held down as we continue, I know it's weird, continue to try to recover from something that seems like we're already past, and that's the banking scandals and resulting financial crisis of last decade. So Federal Reserve's been trying to undo all the artificial stuff, and that's the process they've been on, but now they're saying, wait, we're, we're going into timeout. And then there's a new report out that small businesses are starting to be really worried about how the economy's doing and that small firms in the most recent polling are the most pessimistic they've been in a good while about the direction of the economy. In fact, overwhelmingly, a lot more small businesses expect the economy to decline this year than those who think it's going to stay the same or get better. And so they're cutting back on what they're up to. I mean, how do you square these things? Well, the reality is there were some one-time factors that led to the economy being stronger over the last year than its natural growth would have been, and that's all the big tax cuts that went to the giant corporations. And that Stimulus has now tapered off, and the economy kind of uh, grew quicker, obviously, than it would have otherwise, so now there's a bit of a boomerang as to whether it's part of what more economists are expecting to be a recession this year or next. We'll see, and who knows? We may not even have a recession, but the Federal Reserve is trying to see that that doesn't happen. The effects of that 
is that the expected increase in what you pay on credit card interest rate happening the first half of this year is not going to happen. The increase in auto loan rates, not going to happen, at least for now. Uh, The step up in home equity line of credit interest rates that looked like it was baked in the cake, not going to happen. And then the other side of this is savers that have steadily been earning more on their savings if they dump the giant monster mega banks for their savings and go to online banks, that those rates that I had predicted would top 3% this year, now are going to stay somewhere below 2.5% unless and until the Federal Reserve continues with the interest rate increases. Now, the possibility of a recession is something that should not terrify you. It is a normal part of an economic cycle, and it's part of squeezing excess out of an economy so that it can continue a path of growth after that. So it's all a matter of how severe. The word recession is so terrifying because last decade, as a result of the banking scandals, we had the worst recession really in history other than the Great Depression in the 30s or the two depressions in 1873, sorry, in 1873 and 1893. This was the fourth worst basically we've had since there were credible financial records or financial forecasting for the U.S. economy. And so it makes the word recession seem much more uh, fearful than it actually is as part of a normal cycle. Beverly's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Beverly. Hello, Clark. Thank you for taking my call. Certainly, Beverly. You've got some questions about your money. Let's see if I can be of any help. Yes, sir. Well, my first question is, on your show, you have often talked about a product called MaximizeMySocialSecurity.com. I looked this up, and I found that the company also offered another product called MaxiPlanner, which is a more comprehensive uh, product that it covers both the Social Security and a total look at your entire financial picture. I was wondering if you uh, could comment or recommend this particular product I know you've often uh, recommended that for someone to look at their total picture before retiring, that we contact Garrett Planning Network and sit down with them. But I just wondered what you might have to say about this other product. So the other product is, if I remember right, it's $100 a year? Uh, I think 99 or something Nin- like yeah. that. Yeah. And so let me explain what the two products are to differentiate between them. So maximize my Social Security allows somebody who's trying to decide when to take it and under what terms and conditions they should take it, particularly for a married couple, there's a lot of things about Social Security people just don't get, just don't understand. So Maximize My Social Security takes your exact individual situation and figures out for you the exact right moment and how you should take your Social Security. And so it's really for somebody for the singular purpose. The other product is one that's designed to help you pretty much once you're in retirement to figure out the math of how you manage your money and which pile of money you should draw on 
so that you most efficiently from a tax standpoint and from cash flow take the money that you're going to live on from the right place. And so it, it is for that purpose uh, a very effective tool. Would it also um, give you a good picture prior to stepping out the reti- the employment door as to how things are going to look for you as, as far as being successful with your retirement plan? So I don't know because I don't know anybody who's used it for that purpose. So it incorporates, I mean, you can use it pre-making a Social Security election and it will, in theory, help you figure out your finances, but it's not in my mind, uh, as comprehensive as what you get by going to Garrett Planning or having a NAPFA member go over your finances with you. So okay. this is more for somebody who's ultra confident in handling their own investment decisions and then from doing that, figuring out the most efficient way for you to handle money going forward. Okay, one other quick question, if you don't mind. Sure, go ahead. I know you often advise against um, putting your retirement safe savings in the hands of those persons who work for commission. Well, unfortunately, I did not start listening to you before I did such as that. And now it, I'm getting to the point where um, I'm about to think about retiring. And I just wondered if you've already paid um, all those commissions up front through the years, um, would you still benefit from moving that money to one of your um, favorite children, as they say? Almost certainly. You still would? Yeah, but that's why I would say, especially since you've been using a commission salesperson, it would be especially valuable for you to go sit down with a Garrett person. And they'll ask you for a lot of paperwork from the stuff that the commission person has sold you mm-hmm. and figure out, and they will, I mean, they've got no uh, ax to grind. If they believe that the choices the person's made were good choices for you and that the fees you're paying are reasonable, they'll tell you that. If, on the other hand, you're suffering a big drag on what kind of money your investments are going to generate for you, they'll tell you that too and guide you as to whether it is best to move away from that commission salesman or person. Great. So what I hear you saying is is that regardless, uh, my best situation now is to sit down with one of those people from Garrett and um, that that would be the best solution to both of my... I definitely think so because of the fact that you... You need that uh, impartial expert looking at your stuff, drilling down and looking at all the costs you're actually paying and figuring out for you if it's healthy for your financial future or unhealthy to stay on that path. David's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, David. Hello, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, David. Uh, You want me to call you how many times a day with a recorded message? Oh, goodness, yeah. It's getting to be a, a real irritant, uh, all these uh, uh, robocalls. And my question is, is 
how can I block or or stop the scam robocalls and and uh, without blocking the legit calls or all the calls? Nothing is a perfect tool for you to use, but I'm a big fan of Haya. Have you seen that one? I've heard of it. Yes. So with Haya, um, with it. It will. They have like these hot sheets of calls that are they have identified as scam calls or junk calls, and many of them they will block from ever even ringing on your phone when they're placed by the computer that's bothering you. And okay, so that's that's H I Y A. No H I Y A. Yeah. Okay. And now, is that just for the landlines, or is that cell phones, too? Cell phone, principally, is what they do, because nobody uses a landline anymore. Oh. <laughs> you still use a landline? I'm on a landline. Really? Yes, sir. In 2019? Yes, sir. Wow. How much are you paying a month for that thing? Well, not too much, but I get my uh, internet through the phone lines, and if I uh, take the uh, landline away, I lose that, so... Oh, you're on a DSL. Correct. You can do a DSL and still not have that worthless phone line. Yeah, but they got me grandfathered in with the price and stuff like that. Oh, so so you have good reasons. So I would say um, have it, but don't use it. Because you have so much better ability to deal with these junk phone calls on your cell phone. I mean, the average person talks... Under who has a home phone, under 18 minutes a day is the last stat I saw how many minutes people actually use a home phone a day. And you have unlimited minutes on your cell phone. Uh, right. Well, how's the best way to block those kind of calls on the cell phones? Yeah, with, that's what I'm talking about. With Haya, Haya is really great. On, on landlines, is there? No. I got this for you. No Mo Robo, N-O-M-O-R-O-B-O. Dot com okay. has free blocking for landlines. Okay. So that'll hopefully that will help. So give it a try, and I'm I'm glad to hear that in your case at least it's saving you money still having a home phone. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to three percent daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Today's Clark Rageous moment is about teachers being abused financially by the U.S. Department of Education Stealing their money. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. I have had it up to here with the U.S. Department of Education going out of its way to cheat teachers. We don't treat our teachers in the United States with sufficient respect anyway. And the U.S. Department of Education leadership seems to have a grudge match with those teachers who do so much for our children. The latest scandal to erupt involves the TEACH grant. If you're not familiar with the TEACH grant, it is uh, money for teachers to 
go to college so that they will work in schools that a lot of teachers just don't want to work in that have uh, students who are uh, from very poor families or have any of a number of educational disabilities, mental disabilities, whatever. And so these teachers who in school qualify for these special teach grants are being cheated by the Department of Education that is using an obscure provision of the law to convert these teach grants to loans, even though the teachers have been upholding their part of the bargain, teaching in target schools that need their expertise. I want you to know that this has become yet another scandal, thanks to a report from the Government Accountability Office, and most of the problems have occurred because of a U.S. Department of Education contractor specifically trying to cheat the teachers. If your grant has been converted to a loan, you fight back because the law is on your side. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia, identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks, and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Glad to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. How about being able to make more money? Well, the nation's retailers have discovered that there's actual virtue to treating employees better so that they can reduce turnover. And Walmart, the nation's largest retailer, and I guess the largest private employer in the world, maybe? Walmart has gradually changed how it treats its workers, raised its minimum pay rate, and Walmart, yeah, Walmart is the largest private employer in the world, around the world, 2,300,000 workers. The next largest in the world is the... Chinese, well, they call them private, but it's only quasi-private. The big Chinese oil company that I don't know if they have any employment in the United States, but Walmart's the big dog with employment. And Walmart had a problem with constant turnover and unmotivated, unhappy employees. And so they pivoted starting about two years ago, raising pay rates and starting to provide more benefits to their workers. And this is going to stun you, but their employee turnover dropped like a rock. And so now Walmart is offering a new program where employees are allowed time off for what they call unexpected absences that will not count against them anymore. They will get paid for them, and it won't count against them having uh, good attendance bonuses anymore. So it used to be 
an employee would come in, presenteeism, they would come in sick because they knew they would lose their bonus if they stayed home to get well. Well, that's such a stupid policy. And I'm sorry, it's just stupid. And so Walmart has finally gotten higher IQ, wised up, and they're doing a cool thing. And now people can miss any of a number of days based on how many hours they work and all that. It's roughly six days a year of what's known as protected paid time off. And so you can use it for being ill, you can use it for emergencies, you can use it for something going on with your kids, whatever it is, and it will not count against you. And are they doing this out of the goodness of their hearts? No. They're doing it because it's good for business. Walmart is actually doing better and has had quarter after quarter of increasing sales. Why? Because the experience overall, not everywhere, not every day, is getting better for the shoppers because of how they are treating employees and they're more invested in their place of work. The pay rates have moved up, but this is part of a process of any employer changing how they treat their employees. And another part of it is something that drives me crazy. And that's when people are cut from the schedule with no notice. So many employers, so many retailers, restaurateurs, and businesses that employ part-timers will prevent somebody from having even a second place to earn money because they'll cut them at the last minute or even while they're on a shift. If you're not familiar with cutting or zeroing out, somebody will be at work, they're scheduled to work eight hours that day, and the employer will decide, hey, you know, we're not that busy. Send them home after they've been there two hours or something. And they don't get paid for the other six. They're just kicked out the door. It's not unusual for a lot of businesses to have somebody on the schedule and before they even get to work say, oh yeah, we don't need you today. And at the last second, you can't go pick up money somewhere else. You want to increase employee loyalty, you change that. And Walmart is changing that too and giving people more reliable schedules. Now, the um, any Walmart group, the quasi-union group, our Walmart specifically has made a fuss about this and all this is probably also part of a strategic process by Walmart to reduce the desire for employees to organize. But regardless of the reason, we in America need to treat people better in the workplace and not because it's some kind of charity but because it's enlightened self-interest that makes the business more money when you have a more motivated, more loyal workforce. Josh joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Josh. How you doing, Clark? Great. Thank you, Josh. There's something significant about your call. Do you know what it is? What's that? Your age and what you're calling about. And I'll tell you why your age is significant. Hit me with your question if you could. All right. My question is pretty simple. Um, 
I'm almost 40, and I don't really have anything besides savings. I don't have anything put away for retirement. And I know I'm late getting started, but... That's why I wanted uh, you to mention your age, because do you know it's very common that people don't really think about retirement till they're around their 40th birthday? So, <laughs> so even though mathematically... It would have been better for you if you'd started younger. You're right in the wheelhouse of when most people really start thinking about this. Okay. So no guilt trips allowed here, okay? All right. That sounds good. So where you work, are you part of the half of Americans who have no retirement plan offered by the boss? Yeah, yeah. The company doesn't put out any type of retirement plan. They do have other great benefits they pay our medical and dental and all that in full but we don't have a retirement plan that's fantastic they provide your medical for free wow yeah all right so on the on the retirement thing there's a really easy way for you to get this kicked off and the best thing available to you is something known as a roth ira is that a term familiar to you uh, yes, I've he- I've heard you talk about it. I don't know exactly what it is, but I've heard you say it a thousand times. It's the coolest, simplest thing with just about any financial company. And I've got my list of favorites on my investment guide at Clark.com. You can open a Roth IRA, and all it is is a qualified tax-free account. And you're okay. allowed to put each year from, depending on how your year is going, from $0 in it, to a max of $6,000. Okay. And so you can start as low as you need to to get comfortable with putting money in, but my preference is that you set it up where you put in so much automatically every month. So you get in the habit that that's just part, it's just an expense like any other expense you have. Yeah, I understand that. I'm probably not going to be able to pursue it as aggressively as I'd like to. Whatever you can afford. Ra- yeah, I'd much rather have it just be a you know another thing in the budget that you just budget for and start getting it done. How much do you think is comfortable for you where you are in your life right now to put in per month? I'm, I'm not really sure. I'd have to I'd have to break down my budget. I am recently bought a house and me and my wife and two vehicles and but I've I've got my savings account I was aggressive with it to where to where I want it so I'd have to look at it and figure out exactly you know maybe a couple hundred dollars a month just it just all depends that's great that's great um do you have a thousand dollars or more in the savings account oh yes oh yes I've got a lot more than that all right because a thousand is the entry point with a lot of the Roth accounts so you yes. could, if you took a thousand from savings, you can open one, and then just add to it automatically. Start at a hundred a month if that's what feels comfortable, and if that okay. works for you, then go up from there. And it'd be great for you uh, when it works to put a thousand in for your wife as well, so she can have her own. And so if you get to a point where you think two hundred a month will work for you, put in a um, hundred for her, a hundred for you. Awesome. And in the Roth, you may have, if you've heard me talk about the Roth so many times, you probably have heard me mention something called the Target Retirement Fund. 
Uh, no. All right. So not. that that's where I'd like you to stash the money. So the Roth is what gets you the tax free. And then you got to then invest it in something. So what a target retirement fund is, is you estimate, hey, I want to retire 25 years from now. So you mm-hmm. pick a year. So you'd say, okay, a 2045 fund. And the people you invest with, and my favorites for doing this would be Vanguard, Schwab, or Fidelity. You tell them you want to be in their 2045 fund. They automatically invest the money for you appropriate for how close you are to that year and they keep changing the mix for you so all you have to do is put the money in okay and that is is that separate from the Roth or is that no that's what the Roth money is invested in so a Roth is only a type of account and then in that Roth you have to invest it in something and my favorite choice for you is the target retirement fund 2045 based on your age Okay, okay, all right. So if you go again, you go to Schwab or Fidelity, you can go to a physical office and open one of these accounts, or Vanguard, you do it all online. Okay, and you you said you have a list of your favorites on your site. Exactly. Go to Clark's Investment Guide on Clark.com, and you'll see what to open, how to open. And it'll just really amaze you over time that money you put in, how it's really going to make a dent in what you're going to need for retirement. Adam is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Adam. Hello, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Adam. You have a question for me about an app that is promoting itself pretty heavily right now. Tell me about it. Yeah, I saw an ad um, on the other day, and it was for an online bank, I guess, or an investment thing, but it was they acted like a checking account with no fees, uh, but they didn't say anything about the interest on the, the money in there, and they said that you could get up to 12% cash back on, I guess, using their debit card, and I just wondered how that was possible. So the, it's up to, because what it's based on is when you use a debit card, the bank gets huge fees from the merchant. And so what they do at a lot of places is they'll rebate part of that money to you, and that's how you get more money. But up to 12%, no. No, there may be an occasional promotion where you'll get that on a particular purchase or something like that. Likely you're going to be more like in the range of maybe 2%. Gotcha. And the details are pretty sparse on the website, dude. What kind of interest rate do they give for checking accounts? I think it's nothing. Oh, really? The checking accounts are free um, under one plan, and then you pay a monthly fee under another. But I don't like it when people are not really forthcoming in their frequently asked questions section. And I've been asked about this one before, and I'm not even naming them because I'm unconvinced that this is something I'm excited about. Let me say I'm not excited about it yet because they've been so sketchy with the details. Gotcha. So I'm not All ready right. to recommend this as something you should be involved in. Okay, well, thank you. Sure. As an alternative, look at some of the online banks that are paying better than 2% on your idle cash and offer free checking accounts. Yeah, I had been considering that. That's why they caught my eye, and I hadn't heard you speak of them before. 
Yeah, so th- that's why, you know, if there's something that I think, hey, this is really potentially a great thing, you're going to hear me talk about them and name them and all the rest. You're hearing no name from me because I just don't feel that way. Joel joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Joel. Good afternoon, Clark. So how can I be of service to you? Yeah, I have a couple credit cards, like three credit cards, and it seems that one of the new services they all provide is uh, giving you your free FICO score, uh, things of that nature. But the thing that's kind of confusing is that all three of them are giving me three different FICO scores, and they're not close. Isn't that the weirdest, most confusing thing ever? A little infuriating, to be honest. All right, so let me tell you why it shouldn't be infuriating, because I'll tell you how this happens. And I should step back for one second and tell you why everybody's giving you your credit score for free. And it's all because of Discover Card. Discover Card, you know, all the credit card companies buy your current credit score every month from one of the credit bureaus anyway. And so Discover was like, hey, we're already paying for this. People are so curious about their scores. Why don't we make it a benefit for people and just give it to them? So once Discover did it, another did it, then another, then another. And that's why it's so common now, either at a credit card company's website where you can see it or even print it on a paper statement each month. So here's the answer why it could be an actual FICO score and every one of them's different. The reason is, is your FICO score is likely to be different every single month depending on whether they're pulling from the data on an Equifax report, an Experian, or a TransUnion. Because the score is calculated based on what's reported to that bureau, and what's reported will be different for each one. Interesting. But wait, there's more. FICO has different versions of scoring models. So you could even have two different credit cards that are both relying on one particular bureau and still give you a different FICO score based on which method of FICO they're subscribing to. So in your opinion, I don't want to use the word ignored, but unless pulling your own credit report, should it just not be taken as seriously? Absolutely seriously. It's absolutely fine to take it seriously because credit scores are only like playing horseshoes where it's an approximation of where you are at that specific minute based on the data they're using at that second. Mm. So it is very valuable giving you a range, and you'll see over time, oh, my score's going up, my score's going down, I was here and now I'm there. So you can, you can use it as a great information tool and education tool, both. So I see it as very useful. That's why I recommend people sign up for Credit Karma, which has its own scoring model. It's not even FICO, but gives you a good sense of how you're doing and, of course, is free also. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.